crazy to think that another year has come and gone as we are, you know, tomorrow about to celebrate another New Year's Eve with 2018 coming to an end and about to enter into 2019. Actually, as I was, you know, writing this sermon and doing a few other things and having to write 2019, it's just, it's in that, it's weird to start to write 2019. You know, you have to get into that mode of writing a new date, you know, I know writing checks and those kind of things, how many of you are like me, it takes you a good month or two to have to get used to writing, you know, 19 on the end of stuff, you write 18, you gotta cross it out, it's, this is one too where it's like, you can't go from an 8 to a 9, you know, it's, you can't like fix an 8 into a 9, you have to, so it's gonna take a little bit of time, but again, it's, it, it's, it's hard to believe, but Again, I want to make one more plug. We hope that you will join us tomorrow night for our New Year's Eve party at the church. It's always a fun time. Looking forward to that. And we'll start at 6 o'clock with our Build Your Own Pizza meal. And then we've got some fun games and activities planned for the night. But it's just a fun time of fellowship to just hang out and have a good time. Just celebrating, talking about what this last year has looked like. And just kind of dreaming and looking at what... 2019 can look like and, you know, what, what we're hoping for God to do this next year. And so uh, it's always a, a wonderful time as we gather together. And usually by 9 o'clock or, you know, 10 o'clock at the latest, everybody's already headed back home. And so we never actually make it until midnight. And so then you can go home and celebrate at home and do your own thing, you know, for midnight or go to bed. You know, do whatever you want. You don't even have to stay up till midnight. But so it's, if you've never been here before, I just want to let you know, we don't stay at the church until midnight. You know, we're, we're out of here long before midnight actually happens. And so, just want to let you know about that. And so, But again, I want to make mention, I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas as you gathered together this last week with friends and, and family over the holiday to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know it's a busy time, but it's also a wonderful time. It's a fun time as, as we celebrate and we think about everything, uh, and, and what it's all about in Jesus' birth. And I know for Pastor Laura and Gabrielle and I, we just got back late last night uh, from Wisconsin. We were visiting with her family there and, and, and getting to see them, and so that was fun. Some of, you know, we've seen some of her family this summer. They were up here, and, but um, her brother actually had, hadn't even met Gabrielle yet, you know, and so it was fun for him to be able to meet her, and, and her great-grandparents got to see her again, and so... That was always fun to be able to do that. And so I know for some of you, that's probably the same. Christmas is maybe the one time of year that you get together with some of your relatives. Or, you know, and it's just kind of that, that time of year where you get to catch up and, and, and see family that you don't get to see often or, or maybe um, just every once in a while. But this morning, as I mentioned, we're going to turn our attention to the New Year's holiday in the anticipation of what this next year is going to bring. Every year we get so excited about new beginnings, new goals, you know, a fresh start, a clean slate. What What is the new year going to bring? But maybe 2018 has been a difficult year for you. And I know just looking around the room and knowing many who are in the church, I know that for a fact 2018 has been a difficult year for many people. We've had a number of unfortunate events that have taken place. We've had deaths that have happened that have occurred in the last year. And just difficult things that people have gone through. And some actually just 
In the last few weeks, things that have happened that are, are difficult and things that people are still dealing with and trying to get through right now, things that are happening. But this morning, I want to encourage you to hold strong in your hope in the Lord in the New Year's as we believe that He can, that God can, and that God will renew your strength as you continue to trust in Him. For many, maybe 2018 has been a year of great testimony where God has delivered victory in your life. Where God has moved mountains, where you've seen God do great things, where you've seen it, it just a growth in your life, where you've just seen wonderful things happen in many different ways. I hope that you continue to share the wonderful things that God has done in your life, to testify and encourage people about what God has done in your life. So that other people may be encouraged, that other people may be uplifted by what God has done in your life this last year. Because sometimes we just need to be encouraged by other people. We need to hear about what God is doing in other people's lives as well. But as I said, maybe it's been a tough year. Maybe you're ending this year totally unempty. Maybe you're feeling totally tired. You're worn out. Here are a few one-liners that moms have written in answer to the question, or to the quote, you know you're tired when? You know you're tired when you sob uncontrollably at Toy Story 3, and you have to be comforted, comforted by your seven-year-old. You know you're tired when you pour orange juice into your coffee instead of the milk or creamer. You know you're tired when you put the cereal box back into the fridge, and it takes you a good few seconds to realize that it wasn't the milk that you put back into the fridge. Right? Those are just some experiences, and some of you are sitting here, you're going, you know what? As a tired mom, I can relate. I've done some of those. Maybe you're sitting here, you're going, I actually just did some of those things this morning, or, you know, just recently, I've done some of those different things. So this morning, are you tired? Market analysts like Mintel, which is a large company, revealed that one in three of us admit we're permanently worn out because of the pace of modern life. There are many reasons for weariness, and certainly the vast majority of them are due to ill health, or there is a legitimate physical reason for tiredness. If it's weariness due to the pace of life today, one suggested solution that health experts propose is to meditate for at least 12 minutes a day. This suggestion includes cutting back on multitasking, focusing on doing one thing at a time, and giving that all of your attention. When you combine, combine prayer with meditation on scripture, or reading, or listening to a piece of music, then the weariness tends to lift, or at least lighten. When it's hard to relax, I find listening to a restful piece of music often helps. Some of you in here this morning are going, I love to take power naps. How many of you in here are power nappers? Put your hand up if you're a power napper. Okay, yeah, some of you admit you're power nappers. Recent research has shown that a 20-minute power nap boosts concentration, alertness, creativity, and mood. Proponents of the power nap were people like Thomas Edison, Winston Churchill, and Napoleon. Companies such as Nike, British Airway, and Continental have started to promote power naps in the workplace. I've got a picture for you. 
Google has actually gone a step further and provided relaxation pods or nap pods, they're called, in their workplace. They contain soothing music and light shows. And actually what they do is they actually encourage their employees during their work shift to take a 20-minute nap during the day. At the end of the 20 minutes, there's a gentle rumble function and some lights that wake them up at the end of their 20-minute nap. But it's actually proven that it's increased their efficiency and the amount of work that they do and the quality of their work. They're finding that it has increased when they allow them to take a nap as a part of their work day. But I'm not telling you that I want you guys to take a nap right now. That's not what I'm asking you to do. But uh, what I want you to know is that I understand that we get tired. I understand tiredness. I relate to the weariness that comes with the stresses of everyday life. Some of you are waiting through discouragement. You're waiting through hopelessness. You see no way out of the situation that you find yourself in. And this brings about weariness in and of itself. You may be lacking in energy and you're desperately seeking a solution. You're desperately trying to figure out, what can I do? How can I find energy? Where, where can I turn? What can I do? Well, this morning I've got good news for you. It's a good thing that we serve a God who's able to help us when we feel tired, we feel weary, we feel hopeless, and we feel faint. Our main passage that we're going to read this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. So if you'd like, you can feel free to turn there in your Bible at this time. Otherwise, you can follow behind on the screen if you'd like. I want to give you a little bit of context before we read it as you look it up in your Bible. So the context, the Israelites are in exile under Babylonian control at the time that this passage is written. And so here, um, Isaiah the prophet is telling uh, the, the Israelites of how eventually, um, or we learn from the previous chapter, chapter 39, uh, King Hezekiah was visited by messengers from Babylon. And Isaiah is telling King Hezekiah, he says, Wait, those messengers that just came and visited you, uh, they're going to come, and eventually everything that they just saw, everything that they just looked at, all the possessions that Israel has amassed, everything that you have, everything that you've collected over all these years, is going to be underneath their control, underneath Babylonian control. So here in chapter 40, you fast forward it a little bit, Babylon has come and they've taken over Israel and they have them now in captivity. And so we've got this generation of Israelites who are now under Babylonian control. And they've grown to become tired and weary. And they're confused because they know the promises that God has shared with Jacob and Abraham and Isaac. But yet they're under control of Babylon. And they're going, they just, they don't see the hope in the future that the promise that God gave them because they're under Babylonian control. They don't understand what's happening to them. And so they're being reminded now through Isaac what it is that God had showed them. So the prophet Isaiah is encouraging them with a reminder. So that's what we're going to pick it up now in verse 28. 
says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the earth, or the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And there's a couple of different points that I want to pull out of the passage this morning. Number one, the Lord is the everlasting God and creator to the ends of the earth. Number two, hope equals waiting. And number three, be reminded, renewed, and restored. And we're going to break down each of those points in the remainder of our time this morning. So number one, the Lord is the everlasting God and creator to the ends of the earth. So as I mentioned earlier, when talking about the context of this passage, the Israelites remembered the promises that God had spoken over the Israelites to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Even in their discouragement, they believed and were reminded by Isaiah that God was an everlasting God. That God was, had chosen the Israelites, that he were, they were his chosen people, that through them the Savior was going to come, that God was going to redeem the world through them. That the promises he had spoken, that he had every single intention of keeping. Right? Because what did God tell Abraham? He said that through him, there, that there, when the inheritance of the world would come, that through him there would be more offspring than you would be able to count, than, there, than the sand uh, um, in all of the world. And so, I know that I bring this up quite often, all the time. But the same still stands true for you today when it comes to the promises that God has spoken to you. If God has spoken a promise to you, as you're obedient to Him, as you follow Him, God is going to bring that promise to pass. Be obedient. Follow Him. Chase after Him. But if God has spoken a promise to you, God is going to bring that promise to pass. He has every intention to keep that promise. God is not a God who breaks promises. He's not a God who forgets His promises. He's not a God who just chooses to break them. As I mentioned earlier with that psalm about King David, God keeps His promises. Continue to remain faithful and God will bring it to pass in His perfect timing. Another thing to remember is the Israelites were living in exile in Babylon. So they were living in a land that wasn't their own. They were living under leaders who didn't follow the Mosaic Law or teachings that the Israelites lived by each and every day. There were many challenges to living in exile. But Isaiah reminded them that God simply, God is not simply just the creator of the Lord of Israel, but to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. It didn't say God was the creator of Israel, or the creator of the Israelites, it said to the ends of the earth. God created everything. His rule and power spreads throughout the whole entire world, throughout all of creation, even in the places where it's not welcomed by those who are in power, as it was in the case of Babylon. The Babylonians weren't serving God, but that didn't mean that God's power did not exist there. Some of you think this year you found yourselves in a place 
of exile, or you find yourself living in a place that's not your own. Maybe a place where you feel like you have no power, you have no say, you feel like you found yourself and you're going, how did I ever end up where I am right now? You know, how, how did I find myself here? I want to encourage you this morning, regardless of your circumstances that you find yourself in right now, regardless of how difficult the situation you are in, God is still in control of that situation. God is still the Lord over that situation. God's power still has control in that situation. This morning I want to remind and encourage you, just as Isaiah did with the Israelites, that you are not alone. God is with you, and as a church, we are here with you. Just as the Israelites didn't remain in exile forever, you do not need to remain in exile forever either. 2019 can be a year of freedom and deliverance for you. And I'm believing that this morning, that 2019 is going to be a year for some of us in here and for others who are not even in this church yet, who are going to walk into this church or are going to encounter people from this church and have conversations that 2019 is going to be a year for deliverance for people, that they're going to, they're going to walk out of exile this year and find freedom through a relationship with Jesus Christ. The second thing this morning, talking about hope equals waiting. The key to understanding this whole passage hinges on understanding one particular verse, and that comes from verse 31, one particular phrase. And in the NIV, which is what we read it from, it says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. If we look at the King James Version, it uses the word wait instead of hope. So it reads like this. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. In doing some research on the word wait, which if you look at it in the Hebrew, which the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, that's the original language, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce the actual word in Hebrew because I'll just butcher it. But it means to wait attentively or to hope with expectation. To wait attentively or to hope with expectation. So what does that mean? What, 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 give, give me some context, Pastor. That, that's like similar to the watchman who's waiting on the wall to see if an attacker is coming to their city. So someone who's attentively sitting on the wall of the city in, in, in that culture, whose job is to wait and see if someone is coming to attack their city. Or maybe one today that's easier for us to understand. It's an expected mother who's eagerly awaiting the birth of her child. Right? Those of you who are moms, you know, and even as dads, just that anticipation, that eagerly awaiting the birth, to wait attentively, to hope with expectation. That's, that's what, when it says to wait on the Lord, that's what it's time it's waiting attentively, to hope with expectation. It's not just sitting there like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm waiting on the Lord. To wait with anticipation, to wait with expectation, to, to hope, to be active in waiting on the Lord. To do something. To be focused. So wait, Pastor, are you telling me that in, in difficult times, in times of sorrow and in hardship, I'm supposed to wait? Yes. Wait on the Lord. Not on me. Not on 
somebody else, but on the Lord, on our Creator, on God. Yes. The one who knows everything, the one who supplies everything, the one who understands more than you and I could ever even begin to imagine that we think we know and understand. And I know that can be really hard to do. I've experienced these seasons of waiting in my life, so I know how truly difficult it can be. And I know for many of you, you've had seasons of waiting, and you know how difficult it can be as well. But we wait attentively because we know that it's coming. Just like we know each and every day that the sun rises and the sun sets. Every day we know that happens. And we also know that as we wait on the Lord, God will come through. We place our hope in Him and we wait. We will have our strength renewed. Some of you have been desperately seeking for a season of renewal in your life. And again, I'm believing that in 2019, as you honestly wait on the Lord, as you attentively wait, as you hope with anticipation, this year, I'm believing for a season of renewal in your life. Point number three. Reminded, renewed, and restored. We're going to read through our main passage once again this morning as we come into the final point. This time I'd like to encourage you, feel free to read along with me this time. So it says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So first, we were reminded who God is in this passage as we looked at the first point. The everlasting God who created everything. But we're reminded of a whole lot more than that in this passage. It also talked about how we will not grow tired or weary. Amen, right? We will not grow tired and weary. That means that we don't have to worry, or that He will not grow tired and weary. That our God does not grow tired and weary. That means... And we don't have to worry about God ever being too busy for us. We don't have to worry about our God getting too bogged down, that He has too many things going on, that He's too busy taking care of somebody else's issues to take care of our issues. Because God doesn't have to worry about that. that. That He doesn't have enough time to take care of our issues. That He can't finish one job because He's taking care of another job. We read that He has an understanding that no one can fathom, as it says in Isaiah 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes we can't understand or see a way out, or understand how a situation can ever be turned around for good. But when we trust in the Lord, we know that He has a plan to redeem it for His good. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Again, amen. We've all had days where we wake up and the tank is just on empty. But there's so much God is asking us to do, right? The good thing is He supplies us with the strength that we need each and every day. 
And He gives us the power we need to push through when it seems as though we don't have the ability to do it in and of ourselves. He gives us everything we need. But what does the Bible say? It says that He gives us new mercies each and every day. That means that whatever God is asking us to do, He gives us what we need to accomplish those tasks every single day. We also read, it says that the youth grow tired and weary and the young men stumble and fall. Young and old alike, we all have moments where we become tired, where we trip up, that we simply feel as though we can't take one more step. However, as we hope and we wait on the Lord, He renews our strength. And then it says that we soar on wings like eagles. It says that we run and we do not go weary. We walk and we do not become faint. When we remember who God is, and we wait attentively, attentively upon Him, we are renewed, ultimately, we become restored. When I read through this passage, I often think about freedom. Now, I'm not talking about in the sense of liberty, like being free as an American, but free in Christ. Being able to live freely as one who can run without worry of becoming tired. And having the viewpoint from the air as you soar on eagles' wings. Right? It's hard to beat a bird's viewpoint, right? Because when you can see from the viewpoint of a bird, you can see from the sky, you, you have a vantage point where you can see everything. Right? It, it's a wonderful thing. That's why we love Google Earth. Right? Because you can see from up in the sky and you can see everything. And it's just it's a wonderful vantage point to be able to see from up in the air. My desire as your pastor this year is for you to be able to run in freedom this year and for years to come so that you can pursue all that God is calling you to do. That you won't be bogged down by anything. That you're not going to be held back by anything. That we can run in freedom. That there's nothing holding us back from doing everything that God is calling us to do as individuals, as families, as a church as a community, that, that we can just truly be free to do everything God wants to do in and through us. So remember this morning that our God is an everlasting God who created everything and is with you in every single situation. So even if you found yourself in a situation this year that you never imagined or desired, know that He's with you. Maybe you feel as though you've been exiled or drug off into a foreign land. Know that God still reigns supreme in that situation and that He is right there with you. Secondly, we need to attentively wait on the Lord and hope with expectation like the watchman who sits on the wall or like an expectant mother who attentively waits the birth of her child. And lastly, that as we wait and hope in the Lord, we can trust that He will renew and restore us. Kennedy and Rachel, you can come back up at this point. For those of us who have had a great and fruitful year, I want to encourage you again, as I mentioned in the opening, remain faithful. Keep the plow to the ground and allow God to continue working through your life in a great way. Just as it says in Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let us continue to do good, because we want to see a harvest 
of souls coming to the kingdom as we continue to work hard at reaching the lost for Christ in the coming year and years to come. I'm believing and dreaming for big things, not only for each of us as individuals and as families for this coming year, but also as a church, believing for growth, believing for, for impact in this community and in this surrounding area for lives to be impacted. I'm excited to see what God does as we continue to focus on Him and allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us as we follow in His footsteps. As we continue to expectantly wait upon Him and His leading in our lives, placing our hope in Him, knowing that He has already provided the victory, and we simply just have to choose to walk in it. The victory has been provided. That's the greatest news we can ever hear. We need to keep up the good work. So this morning we're going to end our time with prayer. Because as I mentioned earlier, maybe this year has been a difficult year. Maybe you're tired and you're weary and you feel like you're running on fumes. We know that not only can God fill you up, He can restore your situation and He can renew you this coming year. He can renew you this morning in His presence. But this is also a great opportunity to say, you know what, God? I just want to thank you and praise you and give you honor for what you've done this year as well. And I just, it's a time to lift up the Lord and say, God, thank you for what this year has been. So I want to encourage you, whether it's been a great year, it's been an okay year, it's, it's been just a straight-up rotten year. This is a chance for us to praise the Lord. It's a chance for us to come to the Lord in prayer. And just give God whatever we have this morning and say, God, I thank you for this year. And God, I look forward to what 2019 is going to be. But for those of you who feel as though you're just empty, you feel as though 2018 has been maybe a year of exile or a year where you've just kind of been in a place you never imagined you would be. I want to encourage you in knowing that you don't need to stay there. That God is with you and God has a plan to restore you. God has a plan to, to, to take you out of that situation. And even if you can't see it right now, just trust and know that He's with you in that situation. And that He's not abandoned you. He's not left you there. And that He's going to take you out of that situation. So this morning, myself and a few of our other leaders will be up here for prayer. And as the worship team leads us, we'd like to come forward for prayer. We'd love to pray with you, or as always, the altars are open. You can feel free to pray by yourself. Or as I mentioned, I want to encourage people as well, feel free to come forward and just praise the Lord. And just thank God for what He's done this year as well. So as the worship team leads us, Feel free to do so and then we'll close together.